Episode 51, eh? The one that we're proud to bring you. The Theonauts Podcast. Christian news from around the globe. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. It is the glory of God to conceal a thing, but the honor of kings is to search out a matter. Explore the vast reaches of God's word. Hello, all you Theo servants out there. How you doing? I'm David Gaddy. I'm Jeremiah Orr. And together we are the, the Theo Nots. How you been, man? Pretty good. You know, I was going to say Theo slaves, hmm. but which would be appropriate. Yeah. But you know, I don't want to. I don't want to be too, you know, like degrading. I, you know, we are bond servants of Christ. Yeah, by the time we get done, hopefully everybody's saying, pierce my ear. Pierce my ear! I want to be a slave. <laughs> <laughs> by the way, uh, <laughs> did you listen to uh, the last episode of Fighting Christ in Cinema? We got a shout out from uh, Michael and Brendan about piercing our ears. Oh, no. Well, I was watching it live. Oh, yeah. And then I, it, they, it dropped. I couldn't, so oh, really? I don't know what was going on with you guys' feed over there, but... Uh, <laughs> Something happened. Yeah, so I didn't get uh, probably into it that far. Oh, so well, it was really good, man. That was a great... That was a great... Uh, it was the one on The Hobbit? Yeah, that was yeah, a great episode. The, yeah. I'm a big fan of The Hobbit. Are not, you really? Not as much of the movie, but I like the, the book, The Hobbit, better than the uh, trilogy. Well, yeah. Book-wise. <laughs> Oh, you mean you like the book better than the Lord of the Rings books? Yes. Oh, okay. Well, Which is totally different than most yeah, people. Yeah, I'm, I'm not quite but. there, but um, <laughs> I thought you meant better than the movies. Because <laughs> sort of like, okay, well. Well, duh. duh. <laughs> the, I, I thought that the the main problem with the Hobbit movies was mm-hmm. that he, the tone of it was trying to be too serious and too much like the epic Lord of the Rings. Oh, yeah, seriously. Which it's not. It no. wasn't meant to be. It this was a written. children's story. It was a nice little, like, yeah. tale. You gotta, yeah. and, and, yes, we did get some of the songs at the first with the with the dwarves and, the you know, throwing plates and all that. And that was kind of cool. Yeah. But then they kind of lost that jovial... Yeah, by the end of it, it was so dramatic and unbelievable. <laughs> it's like, whoa... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, it, Thor and, I, and I just don't think that the the um, the content lend itself all that well to how Peter Jackson Peter was Jackson trying trait, to yeah. to make it happen. I so. feel you on that. I feel you. So, but anyway. what did you? Uh, I watched a really good movie this weekend. Oh yes, we did. Yeah, I went back and watched it on Sunday again. <laughs> did you really? I had to. <laughs> I was like, I was so addicted. Avengers. Oh my gosh. Age of Ultron. Age of Ultron. Now, after you watched that and mm-hmm. you were sitting down and just pondering, and I've seen things on the internet already. Yeah. Like tons of articles about uh, about Ultron versus, I don't want to spoil alert, but another superhero that mm-hmm. finds his appearance in this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, and good versus evil, God versus... Yes, I caught, a, I caught a lot of that. Oh my goodness. As it was on there. It was yeah. like, in, in fact, when the one character, they were like, oh, what? Well, who are you? And he's like, I am. I am. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, okay, you're not trying to do anything biblical yeah. here. Or <laughs> he's like... 
do you want to kill old Trump? I don't want to kill any living thing. But he must be annihilated. <laughs> and then, of course, when they had you know the whole scene with Thor's hammer. Oh, yeah. And no one was worthy right. to lift it. Yeah. And this guy's tossing it around like yeah. it's... Which, by the way, I loved at the beginning whenever uh, whenever everybody was trying to lift it, nobody could budget except for Captain America, and he moved it slightly. And right. Thor's like, oh, oh. yeah. <laughs> but, you know, if you think about it, out of all the Avenger characters, Captain America is the one with the highest moral standard. Well, not only that... So he's, He's close to to worthy, but he's not. It's a tip of the yeah. It's a tip of the hat actually to the comic book because in the comic book, at one point he actually does wield it. Oh really? Uh, for just a because Thor is being an idiot, and uh, and Captain America shows him no, you are supposed to be you know this. Yeah. And uh, I think it's during the Civil War uh, story saga storyline. Oh, okay. But yeah, he does wield it for a little bit, and I oh, thought, well, that's, that's kind of that's neat. I love Marvel <laughs> just because of that. Yeah, they are so man. Cool. They are the best to me right now. The best movie there, makers out there. There, there was there was definitely holes in it for me. I mean, there were there were scenes like uh, and I know part of it had to do. I've read this afterward. A lot of it had to do with Joss Whedon and his fights with the Marvel uh, studios. Really? So because they. They wanted to do things he didn't want to do, and he wanted to do things they didn't want to do, and they were fighting about all this stuff. Really? And, uh, like, here was my big question. What was up with... This is not really a spoiler, I don't guess, but what was up with Thor in the cave? Okay? Thor, out of nowhere, is like, I got to make sense of this vision I'm having. Right. And he goes on this vision quest with Eric, who somehow leads him to this weird cave we don't know anything about. Right. He goes down into the water, and it gives him this dream. And I'm like... Where did that come from? What well, is that all about? They have to do... They had to... I think the only reason that happened was they had to somehow show that this was part of the Infinity Stone. Right. And I know that the importance of of what he saw in the dream. Right. But what was weird was they didn't really explain anything about this cave or right. where or what drew them to this cave. Well, it comes to find out, there the cave was a bigger story... Uh, point. Oh, really? And the the studio, like uh, the original movie before they started editing it, I heard was like three and a half hours long. They had to like really chop it down. Man, I'd love to get my hands <laughs> on that. And so I'd the, watch it all. The, <laughs> so the cave was like this big subplot. Yeah. And uh, the studio execs wanted it cut out, so or cut down. And so Whedon was like, okay, well we'll just cut it out and explain the vision some other way. And they were like, no, 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 no. We got to have that one scene where he's in the water. So that's why you had such a weird disconnect there in the storyline. Well, I mean, uh, their Marvel CEO pretty much runs that entire thing with an iron fist. I forget his name. Um, anyways, uh, is it phage? Yeah, I think Kevin phage. Phage. Yeah. He runs it with an iron fist. He pretty much tells, who to do what. Right. And so, uh, you know. Those prideful people. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> Them and their pride. Hey, hint, man. Hint. Okay. So you got news for us? Oh, I got some news. All right. And now, the news. I, I'm really excited about this one. Uh, finally, Full House the Musical. <laughs> <laughs> the Olsen twins going to sing? <laughs> they might. From Relevant Magazine, this is great. Cut it out. An off-Broadway musical based off of Full House is in the works. Just weeks after John Stamos announced that Netflix would be airing the sequel series called Fuller House. 
Did you hear about that? <laughs> yeah, I heard about that. Yeah, awesome. Uh, he is producing in the theater team behind Saved by the Bell production, Bayside the Musical, have announced Full House the Musical. According to this description provided to Entertainment Weekly, the production will uh, take a meta approach to the TGIF show. The play will follow Danny's wacky and hilarious descent into madness as he wacky. slowly turns. Get this, slowly turns from wholesome Danny Tanner into foul mouth and dark Bob Saget. Oh wow! I can't wait. <laughs> wow! Can you see the the musical montage, the solo numbers of Crazy. of uh, Bob Saget singing? You know. It's, I, I I just think it'd be great. I I don't know why I brought that up other than to say, <laughs> hey, Full House, the musical is in the works. Okay. Anyways, um, yeah, so that's happening. Um, you heard about what happened in Texas uh, this past weekend, I'm assuming, about the shootings. What happened in Texas? Uh, no, actually. Really? There were shootings in Texas? Yeah, you totally missed this? No. Okay, I'm, I'm actually trying to... Find it because I just lost lost the article in my thing. And that's you know how many times do I do this all the time? Ugh. Well, I'll just uh, okay. Here we go. ISIS claims responsibility for Texas Muhammad cartoon shooting. Warns American Christians that more attacks are coming. Um, so on uh, on Sunday at a cartoon contest featuring images of the Muslim prophet Muhammad in Garland, Texas. Um, basically this, this... Right down the road. Yeah, right down the road. This uh, this political, if you can call that, activist group held a weekend uh, meeting and rally. Let's draw Muhammad. And they did a $10,000 reward for the artist who could best do a depiction of, of Muhammad. Um Obviously provoking Muslims. But right. Anyway, so these two American Muslims, uh, a couple of them. Texas of them, Muslims? No, um, I don't think they were. <laughs> but they were uh, linked to ISIS um, wearing body armor and uh, uh, carrying, wielding uh, um, assault rifles went in to attack the... Uh, Wow, the group and uh, <clears throat> nobody was hurt except for them. Uh, really? Yeah. This even with their body armor, like a sixty-year-old, seriously, like a sixty-year-old police officer with his service gun, took them both out <laughs> single-handedly, nice. shot them. You gotta love Texas. Shot and killed them both. <laughs> All these memes came out. The one with Doc Holliday was my favorite. He's like. I'm your Huckleberry. <laughs> you know, right. Don't mess with Texas and all this other <laughs> stuff. But yeah, so the, these uh, uh, these guys died. Uh, you know, and here's my my take on this. This is what I'm thinking. So I, I'm going to. I have two different thoughts on this. Two different arguments going back and forth. Number one, if you want to argue Christianity versus Islam. Mm-hmm. Christianity says turn the other cheek. Islam says they draw a picture of Muhammad, take him out. Kill him, right? right. And uh, I mean, this is a. There's no better picture of, of what this looks like. Now, uh, atheists and other act- political activist groups have been doing terrible things, you know, uh, to to try to incite Christian Christians mm-hmm. uh, for. 
for hundreds of years, you know, right. or you know, twenty, thirty years now, and uh, you know, we haven't wielded guns to try to go shoot them, you know, um, but uh, because our, you know, our our God says love your enemies, right? Uh, do good to those who hurt you. But on the other side of this, but we don't. But uh, there's nothing that says that these guys that were drawing Muhammad were claiming Christianity or anything. No, and they weren't. They're, they're just which I'm happy for because on the other side I'm going <laughs> yeah, <'cause... laughs> how how jerk. Yeah, because is you it? know that going to drive that's going to drive. That's them their crazy. whole point. So why don't you just stick you know stick the knife in the wound and twist it a little exactly. bit? Exactly. Throw some salt on them. Let's in, you know let's incite them to an act of violence. That's yeah. the in, that was the entire. It wasn't. Intent. It wasn't totally. Um, I mean, the, not to say they had it coming, but they should have known better. Well, it was just like you know. But beyond doing that, that, it's just it's ridiculous. It's it's stupidity to go. Yeah, and it's definitely not Christian. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't mm-hmm. believe it's Christian at all to go. Well, I'm going to draw a picture of Muhammad because I have, you know, because I know it makes you mad. Yeah, I know it makes you mad, and I have the freedom to do that. Okay, he, you know, coals of fire on your head. Exactly. When they take the name <laughs> of the Lord in vain, or do you know whatever they're going to do, just to incite you, like uh, in Oklahoma City. Whenever you remember, they uh, on the on the in the capital on the Capitol lawn, they wanted to uh, have a put up a, a statue of Satan. Wasn't it Oklahoma City? I can't remember. I can't. Oh, that was Florida. Where like they wanted like the nativity of the of the fallen angels. The, yeah, the nativity. The, of fallen yeah, angels. the Satanist. Right. You know, <laughs> like okay, have at it. That's the exact same thing as them. You know, and so I'm, I'm just going. On one side, I see all these Christians going. They got what they deserve. They, you know, don't don't mess. You know, don't do that stuff. It's mm-hmm. never okay to Texas. Yeah, pride. exactly. <laughs> This all boils down to pride. Yeah. This whole issue. Anyways. Okay. So that happened this weekend. I can't believe you didn't hear about that. No. Wow. All right. Last uh, last news story. According to NBC News, uh, a new poll came out. Majority wants Supreme Court to okay same-sex marriage nationally. Uh, the new poll said nearly three out of five Americans want to see the Supreme Court legalize gay marriage throughout the United States. According to the new NBC News Wall Street Journal poll, a total of 58% of Americans said that they were in favor of high court decision to eliminate bans against same-sex marriage, with 44% of those saying they strongly favor such a result. Um, 37% of uh, respondents said they oppose a court ruling in favor of the case of the LGBT plaintiffs with 29% saying they strongly oppose it. Uh, so it sounds like uh, we're, we're a minority now. <laughs> uh, the Supreme Court heard oral arguments in it's the just same the, sex. The minority is just louder. Yeah, it's pretty much truth. Uh, the Supreme Court heard oral arguments in the same-sex marriage case in April, uh, and the decision is expected sometime this summer. Uh, this is totally changed from 2000, where 42% of adults told pollsters uh, that society had gone too far in accepting homosexuality, where 41% said society has not gone far enough to end discrimination. So within 15 years, we've totally flip-flopped that whole mm-hmm. thing. Pretty pretty amazing. This is, this is where we're headed. And again, uh, I, I echo what I said last week when we talked about this. It's uh you know it's one thing to say okay whatever you can get married, it's another thing to legislate it and then to oppose uh, 
fines on people who don't want to support it. Right. And uh, <coughs> and that's where we're headed, folks. I can just I can see it. So mm-hmm. uh, better beware and better be careful. That's where we're at. But uh, anyways, I have no Pope news this week. So oh man, we'll have to wait till next week to hear oh. from our our beloved pope but uh that's what i got for you in the news cool. today oh we got the one that kevin mentioned uh oh yes 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 netflix <laughs> they, uh, yeah it was um uh the noah movie right you know, which is on netflix and has been for a little bit uh when it originally was posted on the netflix it was posted under the category dramas based on real life events yeah right <laughs> well all these atheist and whatnot wrote in and complained to Netflix and right. all this. It's not a real event. Because they have nothing else to do. So, <laughs> right. whatever. So, so Netflix changes it. Right. And now, and now it's listed under dramas based on books. Books. That's right. And then I, I was just reading here some uh, our atheism people were like, it's alright, I guess, but uh, I'd much rather see it, you know, movies based on the fantasy, but whatever. <laughs> Anyways, so. so they're still not happy. Yeah, but my argument is, why not base that movie under movies based on fantasy? Because <laughs> that thing was so far away from uh, what the you know what the Bible's account of it was that it was fantasy, pretty much. Yeah, might have just called him Gilgamesh. Seriously. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, so uh, yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, so. All right. Old Netflix. Theo Trivia. It's a brand new game. Yeah, it's, it's an, a it's, brand new it's game. It's a new game. Remember, I'm... Jeremiah totally took me in the first round. I won that last round. <laughs> so we're going to start again. Yep, you're going to lose again. All right, here we go. All right, Old Testament. (laughs) Let's lay that Old Testament question on me. And this is your question, good sir. What did Sarah say she had not done, thereby lying to God? She laughed, and then she said she didn't laugh. That's right. Yay. Okay. Genesis eighteen fifteen. Yes. All right. Oh, and that was about the news that she was going to have a baby. That's right. And she snickered. <laughs> I didn't love God. I think it's. I think it's a funny scene anyway because here's uh, uh, Abraham is out here with the uh, with the three visitors right. and. Um, and so Sarah's in the tent. Right. Right. <laughs> so she's like kind of listening at the door about what's going on. And then we're, I can just see uh, this little snicker coming from the, like, <laughs> from the tent. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> and Abraham's out there like, uh. <laughs> was that a laugh? <laughs> no. <laughs> hey, was it me? <laughs> okay. All right. So your yeah, Old funny. Testament question is this. Bring it on. What project was begun in Genesis 11. Oh, man. This is tough. The 
Tower of Babel was earlier. No, that's not my answer. Don't hit it. Don't I'm, hit I'm it. Not, I'm not hitting it. Okay, I'm hitting good, good. <laughs> I'm waiting. Good. Tower of Babel had to have been earlier than Chapter 11. But right after Tower of Babel is the building of the Ark. And I really think that's it, but I could be totally wrong. Building of the Ark. Oh, dang it. <laughs> What is it? You have it reversed. Do I? <laughs> yeah. So the you had. Oh, I do have it reversed. How did I? Oh, how did I have that reversed? No, I'm I'm totally off. You were should have gone with your first instinct. I should have. Man, it was the Tower of Babel, gum. and gum. and that is in Genesis 11 verse four. Oh, how did I reverse that too? Obviously. <laughs> well, oh my goodness. Okay, question number two. I'm on uh, history. And geography. Okay. What Greek name for afterlife did Jesus sometimes use to refer to hell? Well, uh, I'm going to say Hades. That's correct. And the, of course, Jesus was the one that coined the term Gehenna, right? Which is eternal hell, hell, or as uh, uh, eternal torment or whatever, right? Based on the Valley of Hinnom, right? So, but but Hades was the, the Greek the Greek term for the land of the dead, place and the, of the Lord dead. of the underworld, right? Right, that's true. So, wow. Pretty good. Pretty okay, good. Okay, so your next <sighs> Old Testament question. All right, bring it on. I'm going to lose this one, too. I feel it. Oh, well, it's terrible. What kind of attitude is that? Terrible. I know. It's a defeatist <laughs> attitude. It's horrible. It's deplorable. Okay, I'm going to... But I feel it. I'm going to pick a hard one, then. No! Don't you dare! <laughs> okay. I, this is the one that just came up. All right. Okay, it says, whose life was served... No. Whose life was saved when his wife put an image or statue in his bed and said that he was sick. Oh, I feel much better now. <laughs> you want to hit pause? I got this. David. That is correct. Whew. You guys can read about that in 1 Samuel 19, verses 12 through 14. Man. While David Man. was... On the run from Saul and his wife, which was Saul's daughter, by the way. That's right. By the name of... I can't remember. Uh, some will say Michael. My, I, like, I uh, like to say Michelle. It just spelt weird. Michelle. Michelle. I don't know. But anyway. She's the one that also uh, told David that he shouldn't be dancing like that. Right, right. Yeah. She must have been pretty hot, too, because, you know, when he became king, he went after her. That's right. She was already given to some other guy. He's like, oh, he oh that's my girl. <laughs> my girl. I mean, I'm just so proud that you came up with this topic. It's so good. <laughs> hey, you brought it up. Sooner pride. I, w I was just thinking about it. I was just pridefully thinking about it. <laughs> And I, for whatever reason, I had this, <laughs> this this thing go running through my head. It was like the war song stuck in my head. Oh, Pride, yeah. what is it good for? <laughs> Absolutely, Absolutely nothing. nothing. Say it again. Woo. No, I don't know why. That's... So uh, our <laughs> listeners could guess from our inferences, infer 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 infer
I don't know. Infer inferences. Inferences. Thank you. Yes. Inferences. I am an English major. Did you know that? Yeah. Yeah. There's my humility. You, you create <laughs> words all the time. That's Shakespeare did that. Yeah. So that's right. I'm, I don't knock that. Let's just. We should create a Jeremiah dictionary. Oh, that'd be awesome. <laughs> but I'd be way too proud. <laughs> <laughs> it, would, it would serve your pride too much. It would, it would, it would. So, uh, obviously, we are talking about the big P word in Scripture and what it means to followers of Jesus. Is pride a good thing? Because in our American society, 21st century... Be proud. Be proud. We are proud, and I'm proud to be an American, or at least I know I'm free. We have schools that we are supposed to be proud of, right? I'm, I have school pride. We have our families that we're supposed to be proud of. I come from a proud upbringing. We have our children that we're supposed to be proud of. I'm so proud of little Johnny and his accomplishment. He didn't, you know, wet the bed today. So what uh, what is this pride? What thing? is this pride thing and yeah. how should we treat it as Christians? Yeah. So um, let's start let's talk first about what it is. Sure. Okay. What am is I, that? Am I hearing water? Yeah. Oh, is it raining outside? No. You hear it out, out of the Yes, it is. It is oh. it is raining out there. Oh, hit pause. <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> I had to call Denver. Okay, unpaused. Okay, so yes, it's raining outside. <laughs> we inferred that. <laughs> I'm proud to announce. Okay, uh, so what is pride, David? Yes, what is pride? Pride. Okay, uh, well, you brought up a couple of things there. You mentioned very a bunch of examples where we see pride in a good light. Yeah, and so it's so. Let's talk about because because I mean, until we real I really started thinking about it or looking at it, I was just kind of at the back of my mind. There's two types of pride, you know. There's the good pride, and then there's the sinful pride, <laughs> and because you know you hear that term a lot, sinful pride, right? Like that differentiates itself from. But here's my argument uh, against that. Okay. Just to, just to throw this out. All right. So before we get going. Pride is mentioned. The word "proud" is said forty-six times in the New Testament. Okay, forty-six times in the Bible, forty-seven times. Uh, proud is mentioned. Haughty is mentioned ten times. Okay, so that haughty is kind of a synonym for pride, mm-hmm. especially in Proverbs. Um, Not H O T T Y. No. <laughs> Although you might be proud if you're a haughty. H O T T I. It's H A U G H T Y. Haughty, a haughty spirit. Yeah, I'm a haughty, <laughs> and I'm not proud about proud about it. That's right. Uh, that's mentioned ten times. So all in all, close to right at around a hundred times pride, yeah. and uh, so it's mentioned a lot in scripture. Yeah. And every single time, thing. every single time, without fail, it's always in a negative connotation, and it's always a bad thing. It always leads, most of the time, leads to destruction yeah but it's never a good thing ever okay so um if we look at you know just from what we know uh we have all these these things that we are proud of right uh and some of them we see as good yeah Uh, spouses children good looks uh skills where we live money we make scholar degrees that we have work accomplishments i mean 
what we own. My that, T-shirt. Yeah, the, yeah, that's a cool T-shirt. Yeah, thank way. you. <laughs> I'm pretty proud of it. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, we think of you know some of the synonyms that we think of. We you know we think of conceit, snobber, snobbery, mm-hmm. pridefulness, uh, conceitedness, big-headedness. Uh, self-righteousness. I mean, but those don't sound too good, right? Right. Um, absolutely. Uh, prancing about. <laughs> elitism. Prancing I mean, about. That's awesome. <laughs> okay. Anyways. Have you seen the workout, the prance or whatever? No. Oh, Is there a workout <laughs> called the prance? I, I will be Googling this as soon yes, as we're off the so air. Horribly funny. <laughs> I can't wait. <laughs> okay, so... <laughs> So, uh, like you said, it's mentioned a lot in the the um, in the Old and New Testament. It is also um, there are like three or four Hebrew words uh, that are used in the Old Testament for it. Um, they all kind of point to arrogance, evil behavior, perverse speech, things of that nature. Yes, um, there are two different Greek words in the New Testament that are used. Uh, none of them are well. <clears throat> neither one of them are that favorable um the word uh proud shows up a lot so um we all kind of think we know what pride is right i mean we kind of think we we know you know as well if you're full of yourself then you're prideful right you know but it's okay for me to you know be proud of be my kids. proud of, yeah my school because yeah, that's a different whatever. type of pride or whatever right okay so well let's let's look at a few verses to see if the bible itself without looking at dictionaries because dictionaries are based on context when you think about it right i mean we always go to the dictionary but especially when it comes to scripture and we're trying to figure out what a word means a lot of times the dictionaries can be deceiving because we go oh well the word can mean this and then we start twisting the scripture to make it fit what we want it to be right when what we should be doing is reading context to see what, okay, because it's being defined in the writing if you just pay attention to it. Um, and so dictionaries are written based on how the word is currently being used, used or has been used. Right. Uh, in fact, that's how Shakespeare <clears throat> creates words. Exactly. Is by their connotation. So let's look at some context. Instead of trying to just go to a dictionary and see, let's see what the scriptures, how it uses it. Okay, so in 1 Corinthians 4, verse 6, and I'm going to be reading from the NIV primarily here. Uh, 1 Corinthians 4, 1 Corinthians 4, verse 6 says, Now, brothers, I have applied these things to myself and Apollos for your benefit, so that you may learn from us the meaning of the saying, do not go beyond what is written. Then you will not take pride in one man over against another. Okay, so what is pride in this situation? <clears throat> well, it looks like there is a spirit of competition involved. So you've got that you will not take pride in one man over another. Mm. So if, the, if there's only one man, there's not nothing here. Right. Not anything here. <laughs> but if you got two people, you've you've got the situation. Mm-hmm. Okay, so this made me think of um, of the brilliant book 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 book. Yes, by our friend C.S. C.S. Lewis, the Theonauts own C.S. Lewis. That's right. <laughs> he was a Theonaut. He was. He, he really. Was. He was a very good Theonaut, much better than us. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> So I'm going to read just a little bit from uh, C.S. Lewis here because um, he he actually devotes an entire chapter to pride. 
Yeah. And it's called, uh, the, the name of the chapter, I believe, is The Great Sin. Mm. Um, yeah. So <clears throat> in here, he talks about pride being the worst sin or the key to being uh, of most every sin. And he says, does this seem to you exaggerated? If so, think it over. I pointed out a moment ago that the more pride one had, the more one disliked pride in others. Mm -hmm. In fact, if you want to find out how proud you are, the easiest way is to ask yourself, how much do I dislike it when other people snub me or refuse to take notice of me or shove their oar in or patronize me or show off? The point is that each person's pride is in competition with everyone else's pride. It is because I wanted to be the big noise at the party that I am so annoyed at someone else being the big noise. Now, what you want to get clear is the pri is that pride is essentially competitive. Yes. It is competitive by its very nature. And while the other vices are competitive only, so to speak, by accident, pride gets no pleasure out of having something only out of having more of it than the next man. Yes. So the brilliant insight by Mr. Mr. Lewis, Lewis here <clears throat> in that we don't often consider ourselves prideful. Yeah. And that's a prideful thing. Right. It really is because looking out for number one is natural. And that is what we do right. all the time. We compare every time we have an argument with someone, every time we have a debate with someone, the seed of that is pride. Is pride, absolutely. Because we can, now, especially if it's a heated argument, that could be a discussion where you're sitting around and you're talking, trying to come to facts together, yeah. or come to conclusions together, is different than you have a conclusion and I have a conclusion, and we're going to debate it back and forth until we find out who's right, right. and who's wrong. Because one of us is right and one of us is wrong. And once I get you to convince and can see that you're wrong and I'm right, I'm proud to win. <laughs> right. Right. But beyond, I mean, exactly what you're saying. And this is uh, my inference into this. This is what I see in this, uh, where, where you're reading in first Corinthians here. Mm -hmm. There's like you said, two. Yes. Okay. There's Paul and Apollos, right? Mm -hmm. um, if you, let's relate this to today's terms. Okay. So I am a big Oklahoma Sooner fan. I have Sooner, the word is Sooner Pride. I have a t-shirt that right. says Sooner Pride, okay? And I have a dear... It's better than later Pride, I Yeah, guess. I have a dear, uh, sweet... I guess so, sooner or later. I have a dear, sweet friend of mine who's a faithful Christian. I love her to death, but God bless her. She's a Longhorn fan, yeah. okay? Now, if there's one thing, if you, you don't live here in Texas... Uh, you'll find out really close, it's really fast, especially living on the Oklahoma-Texas line like we yes. do. There is a Huge. lot of animosity. Huge. There's, I mean, it's they get in fist fights yeah. every year over. And see, you're lucky the Red that, that, robbery. that you and I are, you know, in, have this relationship we have now yes. this late in my life, right? Because when I was your age, 
I was a diehard Longhorn fan. Yeah. I mean, I was like crazy Longhorn fan. Right. <laughs> and so what's crazy is there was a there was a time, this this lady I'm talking about, mm-hmm. when I first moved here, the first year I moved here, one day I came home and my entire lawn was decked out in all Longhorn stuff. She put all this Longhorn stuff on my <laughs> front lawn, covered my... So that's I went, not funny. No, that's not funny at all. <laughs> so I went the night before the Sooner game, the night before the Red River rivalry, and I wrote all over her her van number one Sooner fan all this other stuff <laughs> colored it crimson and cream she had to drive to work like that okay yeah. we started a Facebook battle that ended with her husband telling her that she couldn't talk to me anymore on Facebook because wow. it got her that angry wow. <laughs> okay now this is nuts basically it boils down to pride and we look at it in our in our American mindset is not a big thing but whenever mm-hmm. you're saying I have pride in my school basically what you're saying is my school's better than my yours. My school's <laughs> better than yours. When you're saying I have pride in my son, right? you're saying my son's better than yours. When you're saying I have pride in my wife, you're saying my wife's better than yours. In every instance, you say pride. And this word here, if we do look it up, mm-hmm. um, which I like the word he uses here, is it's a Greek word, phusiu, P-H-U-S-I-O-O, mm-hmm. and it means to inflate or to puff up, to make bigger right i'm bigger than you i'm better than you i'm more special than you and that's where pride stems from and to to build off of c.s lewis's uh take yes that pride is the seed of every sin that it is the great sin right it is the the one that causes us to fall into all these other sins well Um, what does sin do it disunifies us. right look at the old testament what is what is going all the way back? What is the representation of what is the the biggest type and shadow of sin? It's leaven, yes. right? Okay, leaven is is it was always like Passover, whatever. Get all the leaven out of the house. Right. We want it all gone. And they would even play games where the kids have to search the house looking for all the last little bit of leaven to get it out of the house. Yeah. Okay. The the point was. Leaven represents sin. And what does leaven do when it's in bread? It puffs up the bread. It makes it rise. It makes it rise. And so it's a great symbol for sin. Sure. When we understand that sin is born in, like almost all sin is born in pride. I mean, even if we go with the whole Lucifer equals the devil, which I'm not going to debate that or whatever, but... There's a lot that believe that and a lot that don't. But if we if we go with that in Isaiah 14, what is Lucifer saying? I will be like the Most High. Right. I will sit upon the, his throne. I will be great. So it's all like even you could even say his fall was based on his pride. Pride. Absolutely. And, uh, well, pride <clears throat> at its very heart puffs us up to the point of disunity. Mm-hmm. It disunifies us from God, right? And it the, disunifies us from others. What's the what's the lady's husband telling her? Don't have contact with Jeremiah. That's right. Disunify. Exactly. If you can't get along, we're gonna have to split you two apart. Right. And that's all because of uh, of pride. Yeah. Right. And so you're right. It it causes division. Yeah. Which. It's one of the huge big no-nos of the New Testament. One of the things that we talk about a lot on the show right. is that division is lambasted all throughout the oh, New yeah. Testament. Um, Definitely. Um, I, and I got to just real quick, and then we'll move on to the next. But uh, 
I I have several little examples from scripture of the uh, stories because yeah. all through all through scripture are stories of pride. This one, this that that First Corinthians reminds me of is the Pharisee versus the tax collector, right? Right. Pharisee walks up and he's, he prays to God, uh, and uh, this is. Um, uh, Let's see. I think it's uh, Luke 18. Pharisee walks up and he's, oh, God, I thank you that I'm perfect like this and not like robbers or anybody else. And that I'm not like this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give a tenth of all I get. Me, I'm the best, right? <laughs> go me or go whatever. And he's what is he doing? He's disunifying himself from the tax collector and therefore disunifying himself from God. And the, what does the tax collector do? Mm-hmm. He simply says, yeah, you're right. I'm screwed up. Rips his clothes. God, I need you. Right. You know, And this is this is a picture that, that God gives us. This tax collector totally submits himself under that. Yeah, I, I, I am worthless. I need your help. Right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's the one without the pride. And, and, of course, Christ says his prayers go away, or his prayers are the ones that are answered. Yeah. Um, yeah, he went, he went away justified. Right. Or, being made right through God's grace exactly. because of his attitude, right. which is what even coming to Christ is really all about. Exactly. It's about coming to his feet and saying, I'm not worthy of you. I'm not worthy of heaven. I'm not worthy yeah. of God. Uh, all I want is what you can give me because yeah. I can't do it on my own. It's admitting a need. Which is the complete opposite of pride. That's right. We'll get to that. Yeah. Okay, so... <laughs> right. um, Okay, we're still looking at the definition here. Yes. Okay, so some more verses that will help us understand pride fully. We've talked several times now about being proud of others. So yeah. what does the Bible actually does say something here that's interesting. In 2 Corinthians 5, verse 12, it says, We are not trying to commend ourselves to you again, but are giving you an opportunity to take pride in us so that you can answer those who take pride in what is seen rather than what is in the heart. Okay, so here, mm. here is Paul saying, mm. if you're going to be proud of something, you can take pride in us. Now, is that a prideful statement? Ooh. Um, well, you know, it, Paul was a prideful man. <laughs> well, <laughs> he did say in the same letter, uh, several chapters later, that, um, that this thorn in the flesh was so that he would not be elevated right. too highly. So apparently this is something that God sees is a need in, in Paul's life. Right. But I do not think he is being prideful in this statement. What I think it's trying to tell us here is that you can be proud of other people if it's not a competitive nature. For example, what does he tell them to be proud of? Be proud of their service to God. Yeah. Now, not saying... Be proud of me because I'm a better servant than this guy. You know, it's more of uh, be proud of, of God. Be, be proud of, of God's righteousness being shown in me. Right. So, like, for example, if you're proud of your child, it could be, for example, whenever I baptized my son, I was a proud daddy, right? But it had nothing to do, nothing whatsoever to do with other people with anybody else right i don't care who else was being baptized yeah. that day it didn't matter i wasn't like my child's baptism is more important than yours yeah i mean it wasn't that there was no sense of competition here at all it was simply the fact that my son was now in in a relationship with god and so all of a sudden 
I felt this overwhelming pride of him. Sure. So and it's and it, and so to me, based on this scripture, that's okay. Right. Because that's not elevating yourself above others. It's not Well, and what does he say there? He says be proud of me? No. He says be proud of us. Us. Okay? Mm-hmm. He's unifying. Mm-hmm. Is what he's doing. And if there's one thing that you can take pride of, it's the fact that you guys are unified or that that we're we're together uh for the gospel. And you know, um what what he what he's saying, I really think is that be proud of the teaching more mm-hmm. than anything else, uh, which is which is the gospel. Well, think of some of the things that, that Paul says. He he talks about how I will glorify in my sufferings. I will glory in my sufferings. Yeah, and things of that nature. So it's mm-hmm. like things that you don't get lifted up for, or the things he's glorying in. Those are the things he's proud of. He's proud of the things that don't lift him up above everybody else, right. but instead abase him more right that that pull him further away from everybody else yeah. and down lower yeah. than anybody else yeah so it, it's 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 really a tricky thing when you think about it in fact he also says outdo one another in something mm-hmm. outdo <laughs> one another in love <laughs> right in service so, okay so we can see that pride isn't necessarily always bad as long as it's directed at god and god godliness right not in yourself, but in others. Others. Whenever you see um, others that are right, that are serving, be you can be proud of them, but that doesn't necessarily have to. As long as there's no competitive spirit involved. Well, it's not a self fulfilling pride. Correct. It's not a selfish pride. Correct. It's a selfless pride. Right. It is a loving pride. Right. And which, it's being happy for them. It's being celebratory in their walk. Right. Right. You know. Lifting them up, which is so. Awesome. Uh, Luke one verse fifty one says he has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. Okay, mm-hmm. so here's another thing that we can learn about pride. Pride is something that comes from within. Right. It doesn't always have to be shown in order to be sinful. You can feel it. And it still be wrong. Yeah, that's, that's exactly right. <laughs> so uh, that's that's another thing we learned about it. And in First Corinthians thirteen verse four, uh, of course, this is the popular love chapter, right? And right. to me, this is a big one because this is going to come in a little bit later for me. But First Corinthians thirteen verse four says, "Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud." Yes. Okay. So, what is pride? Well, it's not loving. It's not lovely. It is the opposite of, right. of loving. So those are the handful of verses that, that to me, we look at, and it kind of gives us a pretty well-rounded idea yeah. as to what what pride is. My, my go-to verse that I quote to the youth all the time, the kids, mm-hmm. is, is, always, uh, is always Proverbs 16, 18. Pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. Right. You know, it's funny, that uh, that verse, um, because <laughs> it's so, the irony in this oh, is yeah. really interesting because there is a, um, there is a saying <laughs> that says pride goes before a fall, right. which is lifted from that verse, right? right? And I'll hear people say that all the time. And it's so funny, I'll hear a Christian correct them and say, no, no, no. Pride does not go before a fall. 
pride goes before a haughty spirit. <laughs> and a haughty spirit goes before, before a fall. fall. Okay. <laughs> the most prideful thing you can imagine right there. You, <laughs> That's so true. <laughs> it's like, wait a second. Oh, were you man. even listening to what you were quoting? Yeah. It's like, was that not a haughty spirit to right. be correcting people about? <laughs> so what, so I love that. It's like every time I, and I hear it all the time. It's oh, like, yeah. in, in fact, I almost am tempted. This is the sinner in me. <laughs> I'm almost tempted to, to when I'm around people like that to to, to say you know uh, pride goes before fall. <laughs> oh my god! Just to see you know what the reaction is. But, oh yeah. Okay. That's hilarious. You know, <laughs> okay, I, uh, I didn't mean to interrupt you. I have an allegory for this. Is something really interesting. Just a little bit ago, um, as I was sitting on my couch watching TV, I was watching Let's Make a Deal. Okay. Uh huh. And uh, I watched this this girl, 20 years old, won a $17,000 automobile, car, and $1,000 cash on Let's Make a Deal. Okay. So it came for the end of the show, which is the big deal of the day, right? Mm-hmm. And they have three curtains, right? <laughs> and they always go to the, the person who's won the most and ask them if they want to. And usually that person goes, no, I'm, I'm happy with what I have. And they keep on going down the line to the person who's won the least. And that person's like, yeah, I'll gamble it for the, you know, <laughs> the, the big deal. And I watch this lady go, you know, everybody's going to think I'm crazy, but I'm feeling lucky. Let's do it. <laughs> right? She gambles away a $17,000 car and $1,000 in cash. And she ends up winning a $2,000 grill. <laughs> Wow. Right? And I I was thinking about this as it goes to pride, mm. uh, it goes before destruction, a haughty spirit before a fall. Man, if she would have just been happy with what she had yeah. and humbled herself to that, and I watched her face, and her face was classic because she's like, she just kept going, that's okay, I'm okay, that's okay, I'm okay, <laughs> trying to re-encourage herself. I'm fine, I'm good, I'm good. She couldn't. We're inside, she's just tearing herself ah, apart. I can't believe I did that. That was so stupid. What? Yeah. yeah. And the, I mean, that's the, to me the classic case of Proverbs 16, 18. Mm-hmm. Anyways, so. Uh, well, greed, yeah, right? Greed Which, once is a facet. Of pride, right? And of course, you know you could go Dante, who's Divine Comedy. He's uh, he where he, oh, yeah. you know, he defines right. the seven deadly sins yeah. or whatever. And there's pride, gluttony, and all these. But um, but really, if we look at C.S. Lewis instead of Dante, yeah, <laughs> you've got this idea that pride drives all that. It right. drives your greed. Yeah. It, it drives your lust. Everything else. All these other things. Yeah. So l- let's real quick go through what God says about pride. There's sure. all kinds of scriptures and we don't oh, have yeah. time to read them all, but I'm going to just blow through them here. Um, I'm going to blow through a lot of them Bring here right quick. So uh, Psalms, Proverbs, man, we can just go to town. Yeah, there's on, a lot of scriptures. On all these scriptures that talk about this stuff. But in Psalms 138, verse 6, it says, Though the Lord is on high, he looks upon the lowly, but the proud he knows from afar. <laughs> Dude, I love that. He's like he's paying attention to right. those who are lowly. Right. But the guy who's, look at me, look at me. He's like, man. He's the one that God is, oh, who's that? Is somebody talking? Yeah. <laughs> He's like way over there. Right. Uh, so anyway, I thought this was cool. Uh, Proverbs 8 and 12. I, wisdom, dwell together with prudence. 
I possess knowledge and discretion. To fear the Lord is to hate evil. I hate pride and arrogance, evil behavior, and perverse speech. So God says he hates it. Right. Uh, Proverbs 16 and 5, the Lord detests all the proud of heart. Be sure of this. They will not go unpunished. Yeah. Uh, 18 and 12, before his downfall, a man's heart is proud, but humility comes before honor. <laughs> so uh, 21 and 4, haughty eyes, haughty eyes again. <laughs> <laughs> They're haughty. Yeah. <laughs> haughty eyes and a proud heart. The lamp of the wicked are sin. Mm. Okay, so once again, he here he's basically defining right. pride is sin. Interesting thing, the letter I is right smack in the middle of both the word pride Absolutely. and sin. Yeah. <laughs> that was stupid. Okay. <laughs> Coincidence? I, I don't think, think so. <laughs> okay. The proud, okay, this is verse... Uh, chapter 21 of Proverbs, Proverbs, verse 24, the proud and arrogant man, Mocker is his name. He behaves with an uh, overweening pride. Uh, man, M- Mark 7, I love this story. And I don't know if you have it in your list of stories, but I'm going to throw it out there because it's a big one. Go ahead. Uh, Jesus is constantly like on the fringe doing things out here that that he knows that the religious people aren't going to take too kindly to. Right. It's kind of almost like drawing pictures of Muhammad. You know? Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> but, but not quite. Because uh, <laughs> he, he no one's going to kill people over this. Right. But anyway, he is, um, he, he is like picking grain. You know, or he, and, he and his, his disciples. Yeah, the heads of wheat. Yeah, and they're like eating it. And this is like the Sabbath or whatever. Right. And, of course, they have all the rules regarding what's work and what's not work. And, by the way, those aren't laws of God. Those are laws of man. man absolutely. And so uh, they come to him. And they're uh, and it was also about unwashing hands. They, uh, what do you, you guys are eating with unwashing hands. That's not according to the tradition of our elders. Right. Blah, blah, blah. Okay. Uh, you dirty people. Yeah, and Jesus calls them out on this thing. And he says, look, you guys have um you, you're all focused on what's unclean right and what what i'm eating and what goes into my mouth is it my hands have nothing to do with all this and in verse 14 it says again jesus called the the crowd to him and said listen to me everyone and understand this nothing outside a man can make him unclean by going into him Rather, it is what comes out of a man that makes him unclean. That's right. So, uh, of course, you know, everyone, the disciples still didn't get all that because they're probably thinking of bodily functions or something. Right. I don't know what they they're were like, thinking. What are you talking about, folks? <laughs> it's verse 17. It says, after he left the crowd and entered the house, the disciples said, asked him about this parable. <laughs> And he said, um, hey, hey, Jesus. <laughs> it, it, it was funny the way the NIV words this. Are you so dull? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Don't you see that nothing that enters a man from the outside can make him unclean? For it doesn't go into his heart, but into his stomach and then out of his body. In saying this, Jesus declared that all foods are clean. He went on, what comes out of a man is what makes him unclean. For from within, out of men's hearts, come evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, greed, malice, deceit, lewdness, envy, slander, arrogance, 
and folly. Uh, all these evils come from inside and make a man unclean. Mm. Okay, so all this stuff is is based in pride. It's coming from inside your heart. Right. And, and that's what's making you unclean. Uh, Romans 12, verse 16, live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but willing to associate with people of low position. Yes. Do not be conceited. Mm. Um, there are many, many more. Let's see, uh, James 4, verse 6, but he gives us more grace. That is why scripture says God opposes the proud, but gives grace yes. to the humble. Um, so anyway. Uh, uh, that <clears throat> one right there, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. My second story. Okay. The lay, pro- lay it on me. The prodigal son. All right. What's All that? Right. I haven't heard of that. You haven't heard of the prodigal son? <laughs> well, let me tell you the story. You see, Jesus said, uh, you know, the kingdom of heaven is like this. <laughs> <laughs> you, we all know the story pretty much. <laughs> Basically, the father or the son in pride, the younger son in pride, goes mm-hmm. up to his father. He's like, yo, daddy-o, uh, I wish you were dead so that I could have my money. So why don't you just give me my money now so I can get out of here, see, because I'm tired of you, and I'm going to go do what I want to do. And the father's like, all right, here's your inheritance. He gives him his piece of the inheritance. Mm-hmm. He goes out. He blows it. He squanders it all. And in the end, he's eating pig slop. Right. And he says to himself. Which to a Jew was Bad. Way worse, yeah. It's horrible. Being a hooker. So <laughs> that's the, how I'd equate it today. So anyways, uh-huh. um, he goes, man, the uh, servants in my father's house get fed even better than this. So I'm going to go home. I'm going to swallow my pride. pride and I'm going to ask my dad for uh, just a position as a slave in his household mm. in order to live. And uh, so he goes wow. back home. And as he's walking <clears throat> home, what does his father do? He runs out there. Runs out to meet him. Yeah. Puts a ring on his finger, throws a cloak around him, and says, Kill the fatted calf. We're going to have us a party, right? Right. So he blesses the the man who, in the beginning, was prideful and right. yet humbles himself. Yes. Right? Yes. But his older. Comes to the point where he's willing to not even be called a son anymore. Right. Just call me a servant. Call me a servant. Let me just. Treat, treat me a, like a slave. That's right. And when he humbles himself at that moment, he finds redemption. Pierce my ear. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> so, but we have a contrast. You see mm-hmm. the older brother who's been faithful from the beginning, done everything his father wants him to do. He's been a great young man for his father. Yes. Goes up to his yes, dad and says, hey, Pops, what's up with this? You're you're throwing a party for this idiot? Competition. Right yeah, there. I can't believe. You look at me. Look Com- how awesome I compare am. Compare me. That's right. <laughs> compare me. And his son... His, the father says, you moronic son, basically. <laughs> I can't believe that you're that proud mm-hmm. of yourself. You ain't nothing. What's he compel him to do? To come in come in, and, and to join in, and right? And to join in, that's right. Which is what? Love him. That's right. Love the lost. Exactly. Love, love Celebrate with us. Humble yourself to his point. Mm-hmm. Be together. Yeah. And that that's, that's a picture of God resists the proud. But gives grace to the humble. Beautiful right. picture. Tons of verses and oh, tons man, of stories. So tons so of stories about this too. So many. <clears throat> so okay, what are the consequences of pride? Now, obviously, uh, it's a sin, and without Jesus, you know, you're just lost with pride. That's right. <laughs> but uh, let's let's look at it from our uh, from people who are at least trying here. Um, and so, what when we read these stories about pride? What do we read the outcome usually is? 
It's devastating. Yeah, it's never good. Right. Uh, the main one I want to mention is just the very first one in um, in the Garden of Eden. Yeah. Right. What was it that Eve was tempted with? You will be like God. Yes. You will know everything that God knows. Yes. You will not die. You will. You will not surely die, and you'll. Be... You will not die. Right. <laughs> now, death had been introduced by God to her, obviously. Right. In the day you eat of this, you will die. Yeah. And uh, she, she's. She is is got this death thing on her mind, right? What is it that the serpent says? You will not die. <laughs> but what ends up happening because of the sin? What is what is the consequence that's introduced to the entire human race? Death. Death. The one thing she was trying to avoid. Right. And it's it's like it's it's like whenever you have this this pride in you, whatever it is that's driving the Whatever you're proud about it tends to be where God wants to hit you yeah. with it. Yeah. So what, what's another uh, a, example? A couple great <clears throat> stories. Uh, we can go with Nebuchadnezzar right here. Yeah, let's do it. All right. So Nebuchadnezzar has this dream. Well, this dream basically is about him going nuts. Right, and uh, or dream about a guy like a wild beast, and no, he no, his dream is like this tree, right, that rises up, and it's gigantic, and it fills the earth, and everything comes and nestles under it, right, mm-hmm. and it, it provides care for everything, and then what happens is there's a uh, there's a woodcutter that comes and takes and cuts the tree down and knocks the tree down, right? Right. And so he wakes up terrified, and he goes to Daniel. I'll knock you down. That's right. right. And Daniel said, listen, <laughs> king, you're like this tree. You're big, and you're puffed up, and you're proud. Mm-hmm. And God is saying, if you don't humble yourself, I'm going to humble you. Mm-hmm. Right? I'm going to take matters of my own I'm going to take matters of my own hands. Day three, what happens? All this happened to me. It took place 12 months later. I was walking on the roof of my palace in Babylon. I said... Isn't this the great Babylon that I have built as a place for my <laughs> royal palace? I used my mighty power to build it. It shows how glory my majesty uh, how glorious my majesty is, right? <laughs> and at that very moment, God cut him down. And he made him like a wild beast who eats grass in the field and has long talons. And, you know, basically we have the story of the first lichen. But yeah, I, I, actually, I mean, we think that's funny. But actually, uh, the whole idea of lycanthropy and werewolves, th- this is the story this is it. that that brought that about. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. So basically he loses his wits and becomes a beast mm-hmm. because he's so proud of who he is and God humbles him hits right at who he is right he, he goes out of the palace he stops living in the palace and I can't remember seven years seven right? years yeah <laughs> seven years hey where's your king oh he's out rumming the countryside still rummaging for grass yeah, don't go out there yeah just, just don't worry about it don't worry about it and then all of a sudden 
At the end of that time, I, Nebuchadnezzar, looked up toward heaven. My mind became clear again. Then I praised the Most High God. I gave honor and glory to the one who lives forever. His rule will last forever. His kingdom will never yes. end. In other words, it's taking that and changing the focus from what I did to what God's done. Right. And so so you have this humbling yeah. once again. It's I mean, it goes right back. Okay, he was proud of his riches. He was proud of his position. He was proud of all these things he'd gained. Right. So what God did was flip it on its ear. Take it away. He was like, okay, well, let's, let's hit you where you're proud. Yeah. Okay, you're proud of where you live? I'll put you in the field. Right. You're proud of your accomplishments? I'll make you an animal where you can't accomplish anything. Right. I mean, it's like everything that he... Proud of what you eat? You'll eat grass. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> everything that... wherever you, Whatever hits your pride strings, right. be careful, because yeah. that's where God will come to you yeah. and... and and humble you. Yeah. Take that thing away that you've got so much pride That's about. That's right. Uh, you got the uh, story of Naaman, mm-hmm. uh, which in 2 Kings well, 5. One, one, one other thing about okay. Nebuchadnezzar I just wanted to All point All right, go out, ahead. Is that Nebuchadnezzar, by the way, wrote that. That's right. Okay. Which is awesome. This is, this is a Gentile. Yes. Writing in the Jewish holy book. <laughs> Yeah, you think that that's, I mean, that's amazing. Yeah, uh, you know, chapter four, roughly around chapter four, is is basically the only place where a Gentile wrote into the uh, holy book of of the the Jews. That's right. And uh, and once again, this is the humbled will be exalted, right? So once again, you have this guy, when he humbled himself, not only did he become a great king right. but he became exonerated in God's holy book. book yeah in fact he actually writes a whole song about in in scripture about how awesome God is which <laughs> right. is pretty neat you yeah, know God cool. humbled him big time <laughs> right yeah you have the story of Naaman Naaman's Naaman and Nebuchadnezzar fit perfectly together. Naaman is another man of accomplishment, proud in all of his acts, a mighty man of valor, uh, you know, a a Syrian conqueror. Mm -hmm. Everything's great about him, but Naaman was a leper, right? Yes. And so the servant girl from Israel, a servant girl, tells him how to heal himself. Yes. Goes to the king. should tell you something. Exactly. What does he do, though? Well, he he gets mad because a servant girl... (laughs) That's right. So he goes to a king, sends a letter to the king of Israel, instead of going straight to the prophet like he should have. Right. He brings all this money and changes clothes and all these things to with him to give in exchange for his health, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, the king sends him to... Uh, sends him to... Um, Elijah. And Elijah sends out a servant... To talk to him. Doesn't even come out to greet him. Yeah, uh, Naaman, why don't you go dip in the Jordan River seven times, and you'll be clean, you know? And, and you know that good. dirty river yeah. right over there? Yeah, just dip in that, get out of my face, go. All right? Naaman freaks out. Oh, surely this guy would have come and waved his hands over me and said all these booga boogadas and uh, you know, and I would have been pronounced clean, and I could have given him all this money, and I would have been proud in it. Mm. But God hits him right where he's yeah, proud. He's another plan. Big man, right? Mm-hmm. And what's awesome though is that another servant, and God uses all these servants. Yeah. Pretty interesting. Another servant comes and says, Naaman, look, idiot. If <laughs> not, you would have said all that, you would have been, but you're not going to dip. If he had gave you a huge task, you would have done it. Right. Yeah. yeah. It, you know, go and kill a, you know, a giant or do something like that. But instead, he's just telling you to do this little thing. Can you not do this and be clean? 
Mm. Can you not humble yourself to that? Naaman's like, oh, I guess so. Guess it? His, his skin is like baby skin, right? Right. And what happens is he submits to God as his God. Yeah. And he actually says to Elijah, dude, listen, I'm going to worship the God of Israel. He's the only real God from this point on. Whenever he humbles himself, he has a clue. He gets a glimpse of who God is. Yes. That's so awesome. That's, that's always the... So it seems like we're having... We're, we're, we're hitting uh, a chord here. Right. The same type of thing over and over. Exactly. Because I guess the question... It, the, the final question that we need to ask is, well, what do we do about this pride thing? Right. Because we've, we, we are all experiencing it. Right. Because we are born with always this nature of looking out for ourselves. Children at a very young age are hollering, mine. Right. Uh, or you need to share. Yeah. <laughs> Which, again, is more irony. Yeah. <laughs> so funny. So uh, your phone is ringing. It so, is, sorry. <laughs> So, so you have all of, of, of this that we have to fight all the time. So what do we do about it? Well. So what, what have we been hearing over and over and over again? Humble, 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 <laughs> humble, humble. Uh, the word humble is mentioned in the uh, Old and New Testament over a hundred times in different various mm. facets, either being humbled, humility, or humble. And each one of these, and this is what I noticed, <clears throat> whereas pride is always mentioned, always mentioned negatively. Right. Except for that one verse you pulled out and <laughs> got me. Um, humility is mentioned both positive and ne- negative. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mostly it's mentioned positive. Right. When we humble ourselves, he will lift us up, mostly. But there is a negative commentation. When he humbles us... Yes. It's there's gonna yes. be something bad. When he Nebuchadnezzar's you. That's right. When he Nebuchadnezzar you, it's gonna be a negative. Nebuchadnezzar, that's a good verb. That's right. And when he does Nebuchadnezzar you, you been Nebuchadnezzar. Yeah. When he does Nebuchadnezzar you, if you don't realize you've been Nebuchadnezzar and change your ways, then guess what? He he's not going to raise you back up. It's only right. when you you eventually you decide Hey, I'm I'm nothing. God is everything. Mm. Yeah. When you humble yourself, so you know, humble yourself. But there's something different too. Well, and you uh, found this. And it's really good. Well, I, and and we can read a lot of verses about being meek and being humble and being um, um, all this humility. Right. It's one of the fruits there's, of the there's spirit. Tons of it. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, that's one thing right there. It's the fruit of what the spirit. The spirit. It's not fruit of me. No, it's the, it's fruit, the fruit of the spirit working in you. What okay. God's it's inside you. Yeah. Once again. Servants yes. in the Old Testament were generally a symbol of or a type of shadow of the Holy Spirit. That's right. So when the servant comes to Naaman and says, hey, look, dude. Yeah. That's the Holy Spirit talking to you. Exactly. Hey, look, dude. <laughs> you yeah. really need to back off of your stance Seriously. here. Because you're you're not gaining any ground. You're not oh, getting yeah. out of anything out of this. And uh, Ooh, in the story of Naaman, the servant, uh, Elijah's servant, what's he end up doing? Mm-hmm. I got to get something out of this. I got to get something out of this. Right, right. What happens to him? He gets leprosy thrown on him. So anyways, go <laughs> yeah. ahead. So, so, you know, once again, if we listen to the spirit, right. Um, that's how it leads to the, the fruit of the spirit, right? Yeah. So when we get the spirit and we let him work inside of us, the fruit of him comes out of us. <laughs> <laughs> that was awesome. By the way, Can you do that again? <laughs> All right. So, and, and once again, these aren't things to accomplish. 
which is often when we read that uh, passage in Galatians 5, when we read this fruit, these aren't fruits of the Spirit. It is fruit. It is one thing that happens, and it includes all of this stuff. Right, yeah. And it all comes from Him, not from us. And it just comes through us. Yes. So, um, so anyway, yeah, that's, that's, that is where humbleness comes from, is, yeah. is submitting, submission right. to the Spirit. Okay, uh, I want to go back just a second and think about Jesus right before he was crucified at the at the what we call the Lord's Supper or the the last Passover meal. What did what, one of the things he did to try and really teach these guys how to live whenever he left was he washed their feet at the meal. Yeah, and that was a huge thing because. That was something you never do. That wasn't. We talked about this before. This was a nasty thing yeah. to do in this time yeah. frame because everyone's running around in sandals and barefoot, and Got there's camel dung. Yeah, and there's camels everywhere. <laughs> so you're going to be tracking all this stuff in, and okay, and you usually have the servant, the slave, or whatever right. who's there to wash the feet. And but that somehow someone had missed the mark, and no one was there to do that. And I'm sure that all these other guys, they were all kind of leaning back and at the table waiting. And well, who's gonna wash our feet? Right. You know, I mean, so like, oh, uh, who's gonna know, be the one? I'm not gonna do that. <laughs> I mean, and and Jesus is the one who who gets up and and says that I come before you as a servant. Yeah. And and he gives them this this symbol. Of serving other people. Yeah. Now, what is that? That is humbleness. Oh yeah. That is humility, and it's hard in your mind to be humble, but it's easier if you will externalize it, and be humble in your actions. Mm. Right. So you become as a servant. I want to read Philippians, chapter two, and the first eleven verses. There, it says, "If you have any encouragement from being united with Christ." Once again, it ties into unity. That's right. If you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from His love, if any fellowship with the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in the Spirit and purpose. Do nothing Mm. out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility, consider others better than yourselves. Each of you should look not only to his own interest, but also to the interest of others. Your attitude should be the same as that yes. of Christ Jesus, who, being in the very nature of God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death even death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, mm-hmm. that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So what's driving all this? Jesus's willingness to come as a servant, right? to be like a servant. Yep. Okay, so oftentimes... We think of humility being the complete opposite of, of pride. Right. But I think there's another thing here, because whenever the lawyers came to Jesus and said, tell us, Rabbi, what is the greatest command? His response was, uh, love God with all your heart and love each other, because these two things drive everything. 
Right. The law, the prophets, all your Old Testament writings, everything hangs on those two things, loving God and loving each other. Love is, is the quintessential. It, it's John, first John tells us God is, is love. love. So, so love is the quintessential uh, of being as close to God as you can be. Right. Agape love, uh, agape love. Now these you? three things remain, faith, hope, and love, and the greatest of these is... Is love. It's the greatest of these. Now, if we're talking, if we're believing C.S. Lewis's take on the Bible and, he, and, and what he says about pride being the root of all sin, and yes. you've got love being the root of all righteousness and all godliness, then there's another juxtaposition Right. being made between these two items. And although it's hard to say, we can fool ourselves into being humble. Oh, yeah. I mean, we can say, well, I'm humble. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going Which, to I'm going to do this, and they're going to see how I do this. Yeah, so. Yes, and, that's gonna, and they're going to see how humble I really am. Yeah. <laughs> they're so, so hard, right? Oh, because man. in being trying to be humble, you can be prideful. Uh, all the time. It's so hard to do. And self-righteousness is such a problem in the Western church. It is such a problem. It has driven people away from the church. It's divided the church. All of this people trying to be righteous and in doing so because of their pride and their arrogance and in their understanding of I've got it right. That person across the street has it wrong. The person with that sign in their yard isn't right because those guys believe this and I believe this and this is what God teaches that, that is such a prideful statement and a prideful way of looking at things instead of acknowledging others better than yourselves, right. as he says here in Philippians, loving one another because serving one another truly is loving one another. Right. Well, and if I could just uh, take a step out on that and just go, um, Rich Mullins had this great talk one time. He was talking to a, a radio host and he was talking about how it was Thanksgiving, and uh, he was with his brother who was engaged at the time, mm-hmm. right? And uh, they were with the family and everything, and he'd just walk into the, the living room, and he'd see his brother and his fiance just all over each other, completely <laughs> engrossed in one another. He was engrossed in her, and she was engrossed in him. And he thought to himself, man, could you just give it a break? This is disgusting. Yeah, like, you know, ooey-gooey love, whatever, <laughs> right. you know. And then he thought to himself, you know, this is the epitome of forgetting yourself. You forget your surroundings. You forget you, you lose yourself in the other person you completely totally forget yourself which is selflessness exactly you know which is where this pride thing resides that's right is in selfishness is in your selfishness when you fully when you love somebody agape phileo eros whatever when you love them when you lose yourself in them is that not the epitome of forgetting yourself and dropping your right. pride. It's externalizing your desires. Exactly. So that your desires are for somebody else yeah. like like you want them to receive right. rather than wanting yourself yeah. to receive. And when you gain a glimpse of who God is and what he is. And he is love. And he is love and you you engross yourself in that. Mm. Man, it's so much easier to fully and actually really yeah, humble yourself and lose yourself. Yeah, because we're never going to cleanse ourselves from from completely no. of of having pride. But what we can do is we can thwart it by our actions. Love, right. as Toby Mac says in DC Talk, love is, is a, a verb. verb. 
Love That's is, what it hit me. The love is a verb. What? <laughs> Sorry. So, lo- so love is a verb in Scripture. It is a commandment. It is, to- it is something we're it's an action. told to do. Yeah. It's it's an externalizing of what's in your heart. Yeah. And, of course, what, it's, what Jesus told the Pharisees there, what proceeds out of the heart defines uh, who, who you, are. you are. I mean, right. what, what's, what you are on the inside is coming out. On the outside, and yeah. what you are on the outside is reflection of what you are right. on the inside. So, if you are a prideful person externally, we can know that you're a prideful person internally. internally. So, uh, so this idea is that okay, you can't always do acts of humbleness too well, <laughs> but you can do acts of love, yeah, and you can do acts of servitude. Right. These these things will make you. Humble because right. it could because it is drawing near to God. When yeah. you draw near to God, He draws near to you. That's right. And again, when you draw near to God, He draws near to you. Actually, love accomplishes everything that pride seeks out to accomplish and never does. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Because pride is all about self fulfillment, right? Which only comes when when you love someone, when you serve somebody else. else. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, it really it is. is the antithesis of pride, love. Mm-hmm. So awesome. And then love becomes humbleness. Wow. Oof. So love each other, people. Yes. <laughs> yes. All and then we will unify that is all we and can defeat do. pride. Well, I'm pretty proud of how this went. Oh, man. <laughs> We're already messing it again. up. Come on. <laughs> That's great. If you guys could just be as humble as we are, yeah, then uh, we would all be okay. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> okay, the Theonauts are part of the Great Commission Transmission Network, using new media and social networking to go into all the world and proclaim the good news to everyone. To find out more or to partner with us, visit us at gctnetwork.com or theonautspodcast.com. Subscribe to the newsletter there and stay up to date with uh, all the latest shows on the GCT Network, including Finding Christ in Cinema. There are several ways to contact us and leave us feedback. (laughs) Send us an email to theonauts at gctnetwork.com. Oh, yeah. Or call us on our voicemail line at 972-885-7270. Listen to us on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, or your favorite podcast. Oh, man, I just messed up. Podcast Catcher. Don't forget to leave us comments there and rate us. Tweet to us on Twitter. Using. <laughs> using at Theonautical. Like us on. I can't even finish it. Like us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Theonauts. Thank you, Sling Blade. Follow us on Instagram <laughs> at Theonauts. And don't forget to tune in again to explore the vast reaches of mm. God's word with us. Thanks for being here, Jeremiah. No problem, David. Mm. I appreciate it. Reckon it ain't got no gas in it. No, it ain't got no gas in it. This has been the Theonauts Podcast. Call us with your questions or comments at 972-885-7270. That's 972-885-7270. We'd love to hear from you. You are tuned in to the GCT Network. This is your great commission. This is your great commission transmission. At GCTnetwork.com. Transmission. This is your great commission transmission.
I'm going to be baptized.